The Sparkfile podcast may contain profanity and other adult content. Please use your discretion. When I bump into something that inspires me, I dump it in my Sparkfile. To be something that I want to make or how I want to be. Pump it in my spark fire. I jump into my spark fire. Let's open up the spark fire. Welcome to the Spark File, your one-stop pinch pot for creative inspiration. I'm Laura Cammy. And I'm Susan Blackwell. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. You may be asking yourself, what exactly is a spark file? Where do I get one? What do I file in it? These are good questions and we have got answers. A spark file is the place where you consistently collect all your inspirations and fascinations. And if you're like us and you're making stuff all the time, you know that sometimes the wellspring of inspiration can run a little dry. We're here to refill it. We're on the lookout for fresh ideas, images, and inspiration that spark our creativity and pique our curiosity, things that inspire us to get up off of our tushies and make things like this podcast. Or a rock band complete with all the rehearsals and songwriting and music videos and live performances that go with it. Or a grassroots web series that promotes an underdog musical and carries it all the way to Broadway. Or a depiction of the world's most beloved frog. Or a portrayal of the world's most dangerous frog. Ooh, on today's Makersode, we're going to talk to someone who truly sparks us. And that special someone is Matt Vogel. Matt, welcome Hi. to The, the Spark, Spark File. File. Thank you. Thank you. Talk. Now I can speak. Hello. That's right. That's what Hi. you say. Thank you for, uh, <laughs> as you were saying your intro, which I didn't realize at first was the intro. I mean, oh. I kind of had an idea a little yeah. bit into it. <laughs> but at first I was like, oh, yeah, I've done that. Oh, oh I've that done sounds like, like me that. too. <laughs> but, I relate to this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this maybe I'll be able to talk about this. That's you, Matt. <laughs> I guess it we're is. We're talking That's about you. you. Yeah. I guess yeah, so. Yeah. Real quick, the Sparkvile price of admission. Mm. You have to tell us a creative risk that you've taken recently. Can be anything in any way where you put something out there that was maybe not perfect, but it was progress. All right. Well, here, here's what I'll say. So I'm I'm Kermit the Frog. I play Kermit the Frog. That's right. And for the Muppets. And I've only been Kermit the Frog for uh, two years. It's not a long time. Since 2017, right? Okay. And uh, we... Oh, gosh. There's a cat fight. <laughs> ah! There's literally... It's me and Susan. <laughs> we, we, we sometimes... Sorry, guys. Before you go for before you go on, let's just paint the pictures for the listeners. Yeah. We're in Matt Vogel's finished basement. Yeah. Rec room. That's right. There's Beautiful. cats fighting. Yeah. Flynn, first grade yep. Flynn. First grade Flynn is here. With us. He's listening. He's going to be editing all of this later, making sure he, that's that I right. don't that's sound right. like He's our idiot. sound engineer. Yes. He'll be helping yes. out. Yes. He also sounds good. He counts the swears we say. Yes. And every time he gets a dollar. Mm-hmm. There you go. So I'm mm. being very good. Because I curse like do, a sailor. I'm going to do my best, Flynn. Uh, so about two years ago, I had the unbelievable good fortune uh, to be named Kermit the Frog yeah. uh, for the Muppets. And it was, yeah. I mean, it's an unbelievable it's honor. Big, it's huge. Absolutely. Those are big flippers to fill. Like, not many people yeah. have filled those flippers. Not many, no. Yeah, so this... The thing that we did a couple of years ago, we did uh, 
a show, a live show called The Muppets Take the Bowl. It was at the Hollywood Bowl, which <laughs> is a huge venue. Yeah. Awesome. And the thought was, we're going to do a live Muppet show. And we're going to have the the, uh, the Hollywood Bowl orchestra with us. And wow. we're going to just, we're doing this huge Muppet show. Well, this was not long after I was named Kermit the Frog. Mm. And so this was going to be my... Debut. Debut. <laughs> As Kermit. Do you have to pay into the swear jar for that? I don't know. I think Debut? it's okay. I don't it's know. It's borderline. Yeah. Yeah. So I was Take going that to down have though, to. Yeah, Judges, Flynn. Note. Is nope. that, was that cursing? Debut. I think you're going to yeah, get like a, a yeah. 50 yeah. cents. Yeah. 50 cents. Okay. Half and half. Okay. <laughs> He's like, I say but. So we were going to do this show and it was going to be my debut as Kermit the Frog. So that was a little um, intimidating. Yeah. It was a lot intimidating because it was 18,000 yeah. people. We were doing uh, three shows over a weekend. Uh, it was a huge deal. Big uh, for deal. Me. Well, Hollywood very, Bowl is a bit of an intimidating it is. Uh, debut to yeah. make. Yeah. yeah. And so Can that I, was my debut as Kermit. And it was very... Nervous making? Yeah, very nervous making. Um, and, you know, I don't know how successful I was. I ended up just leaning into the fear yes, of it yes. and and having a heck of a good time. <laughs> that is I awesome. had a great time, but that was something that I was like, I don't know how successful this is. When you get scared, yeah. how does it manifest in your body? When I get scared? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, I, I have anxiety. I have you get anxious. Anxiety. I get very mm -hmm. anxious. So I, I am not somebody who sleeps all the way through the night. I wake Aww. up at about 4.30 usually. And, mm. I, and whatever it is that's on my mind at that moment becomes the biggest deal and mm. becomes a, a very uh, mm. fearful thing to me. And mm -hmm. it's very hard for me to conquer that and get back to sleep, yeah. which is important. We all know that. I know. Oh, boy, do we need it. Yeah. And, and you have a very physical job. and Yeah. yeah so yeah. that's usually how the, the fears come out of me. At, at night when I'm when I wake up at four mm -hmm. in the morning yeah. that's a lot yeah it, it is a lot I mean it's it's a it's a it's yeah has it I'm settled gonna, down now gonna lay down. <laughs> <laughs> you take a break yeah, it, it, has, it seems I mean, like you've earned it, it relax uh, thank you yeah, relax Thanks. I it has relaxed a bit I the more that I do the character yeah the the more confident I feel. Sure. Uh, there's a great deal of just talking as the character just like improv talking yeah. as the character as any of the characters that we play really and uh the better i get to know the characters whatever they are whether it's big bird or whether it's kermit the better i become the, mm -hmm. the, the more so true the to the more character hours you clock the more you're like it's yeah. in you i mean it's like the ten thousand hours, hours. Yeah. Yeah. Like absolutely. That, hours clocked I, oh, I should say, awesome! You are now admitted to the Spark File. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Officially, um, and we've already you. you've already tipped you've tipped your cards. But for people who don't know you, Matt, how do you identify creatively? If somebody comes up to you and introduces themselves at a cocktail party and says, "What do you do? What do you say?" I say. Uh, uh, I, it depends on where I am, really. It depends on if you want to blow yeah. minds. Right. Yes. It, it yes. does, kind yeah. of, because I, sometimes I'll be like, well, I, you know, usually people don't. Do you just go into the voice? No. Do you I never go never. into the voice? No. And do I you don't. Do try to get you can to we do just it? improv? Yes. Can you just do that Some for me now? I would never ask, but <laughs> so, Susan would. So, uh, hi, hi. <laughs> My name is Debbie. Uh, uh -huh. What's your name? Uh, um, I'm Matt. Hi, Matt, how are you? I'm a manicurist. What do you do for a living? 
Well, uh, Debbie, I am so actually. So glad you asked. I, thanks for asking. I'm oh, actually one of the. I work. Actually, here's what I do say. What do you say? I go. I work on Sesame Street. Oh. I leave it there. Yeah, and, and depending then, on the response, <clears throat> yes. do you elaborate? Because some people will be like, "Oh, that's cool," and then they'll go back to their and some know, people co- cocktail, and then some people will be like, well, "What do you what mean do you, you work?" Do? Some people Street. poop their pants. Yeah, and then I'm like, "Well, I'm one of the." I, I work on the show. I'm one of the performers. Like I give out just little just tiny enough. tidbits of the information. Ah. And then they're like, well, what characters do you play? String of pearls. Yeah. And, and then, then when they say, what down. characters do you play? Then I say, well. You lay down the diamond. Big Bird and the Count and mm-hmm. all of these other characters. And then I'll say, and I also work for the Disney Muppets. And I play Kermit the Frog and a bunch of other characters. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, then that's, I mean, that's that's kind of it. Also, <laughs> no. I just want to say. Can they usually you... don't say, do the voice. Right, but kids do, do but though. Kids yes. do, and Susan. Yeah, of course. Makes sense. I mean, that's about the same. That's the same category. Kids and <laughs> yeah. Susan. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, for I mean, that in a good way. It's a good way. Yeah, All I think right. that's good. Um, the for the people who don't know, so you just mentioned that two years ago you became Kermit, uh, right. or the voice of Kermit. But you've been working on Sesame Street for a long time. Could you give us like a sixty second version of like how you got there? Yes. Great. Go now. You uh-huh. want me to do it now? Okay. Clock starts yeah. now. All right. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I, when I was, I grew up in Kansas City. Yes. And I never knew yes. as a kid, I was a huge fan of the Muppet Show and of Sesame Street. I was a first generation Sesame Street watcher and a first generation Muppet Show watcher. And I built my own puppets out of masking tape and, and t-shirts. And I'm, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just making it up. Yeah, and mm. but I and I didn't know that it was something you could do for a living. I think there was probably part of me that thought those guys do that. That's their job. Yeah, I never thought that that was something that I could do. Mm-hmm. I'd entertain the kids in the neighborhood. This is going to go longer than a minute, but I'll, you can edit go it down for later. It. Would uh, you do little shows for them? Yes, we would do shows. I made my brother help me, and he, you know, he would play like all the girls' parts, and I would play all the guys' parts. I don't know why, uh, but uh, we would entertain the kids in the neighborhood, do PTA shows, whatever wow. we were asked to do. And then pro, as I grew pro up, am. yeah, yeah, pro am, yeah. yeah. Wait, what? Professional amateur. You were like, yeah, I was. Yeah, when you're moving into PTA show territory, yeah, you're you're you, there's potential that you might make some money. <laughs> no, That's you're right. right. But uh, then in here comes the sad part. When I was in ninth grade, I was in a talent show and I my my dad had built the stage and I had written this show uh, with uh, with a teacher that we were going to perform and we performed the show at the talent show. And this was like there were all the heavy hitters were at the talent show, like the girl who played uh, Iron Man on the bass. And the oh, guy right. who sang the journey, who sang um, like faithfully, because yeah. this is where Ooh, we were, like in 1980. So, so a rock tenor, yeah. So I yes. won that talent <gasps> show. I won, and and it was amazing to win. And puppets, uh, yeah, with you the puppets, yeah, with I puppets, did puppets, yeah. Did, yeah. And through the cheers, I heard some booing. I heard oh. boos. And uh, that really affected me. It really they were really hit voting me hard. for the rock tenor. They were. They were. They really wanted. And they were sore losers. But But that cut through, and that's what you heard. Very much so. Of course, that was the thing. I don't know how loud the booing was. There may have been one person, but that was what I heard, and that is what affected me. How me? How did that? 
live within you. Like you oh, carried that with yes, you. Yes, I put the puppets away. <gasps> I didn't do any puppet stuff. I was done with puppets. I was like, you know, up to that point, I had done stuff at school, and it was oh. all very. It was very just free and open, and I was able to create and do whatever I wanted to do. And and teachers and people and kids, they all supported that as far as I knew. And this one incident happened, and I shut it down. Two thoughts. Oh my God. One is I have this, uh, when we teach, we talk about this moment that can happen. It can happen in middle school. It can happen in high school. It can happen at a lot of different uh, sort of junctures in the life, but it's like you could be the most free flowing, creative, self-expressed individual. And then you hear the boo through the cheers and your creative conduit, like your garden hose gets kinked and it can it can stay with you for a long time. Yes. That I think is, I think it's unfortunate. And I think it's like a very human, you know, it happens to a lot of us. It's very common. And it reminds me, we were just talking with Sarah Brellis and she had a similar situation where she was playing a song she had written, water dancer song for her high school classmates. And she knew by their response that, it was no bueno and she didn't write or share any of her music until she was in her 20s on the other side of the world years later see that that i mean that is something that can happen very easily to somebody and it can be it can be uh, it can be as big as Mm -hmm. like the feeling that reaction of the whole room or the reaction of one person's opinion of right that's right but what we're finding is that this is a theme in so many creative people's lives, but successful creatives have overcome it in some way or another. They have continued said, okay, I'm going to get that back out of the drawer. I'm going to dust it off and I'm going to go for it. Or I'm going to get the puppets back out. Or I'm going to go to Italy and start singing some songs again and do it nonetheless. How did you, here's how that happened for me. I put those puppets away. Right. And, uh, and I think my mom just sensed that I needed some sort of creative mm. outlet. And so she signed me up for uh, acting classes at this children's theater that was by where I lived. And and it's because of my involvement in that children's theater over the next several mm. years of my Name development. It. It's, it. Called the, uh, it's called Theater for Young America mm-hmm. in Kansas City. It's, yes. uh, it, used to be in Kansas, it used to be in Overland Park, Kansas, and now it's in Kansas City, Missouri, and it's in Union Station, Hmm. in in Kansas City still thriving still doing great, great work and they they do classes for kids and then they do professional equity uh, quality shows that are that they bring that students are bust in to see and i remember g- growing up there at that theater thinking these are my people yes. these people get me these people are my so you got yes. you stepped back into the catcher's mid of safety like yeah. you i don't know why i call it that but I always think of my mm-hmm. the title of the show, fam, mm-hmm. as when I got into that catcher's mid of safety, that's when I was like, well, I'm safe in this room with these people. And it allowed my garden hose to get unkinked again. Yes. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. I had that with these friends that I met that I made very quickly at this theater and grew up with. Yeah. And, uh, and I didn't, I never brought puppets out or I don't even remember mentioning that I had done this when I was younger. It was just now I was taking this new path and I was able to be creative and be an actor. And that's why I went to, to Webster University in St. Louis. Uh, and that's what I did. And I, I actually, when I went to Webster, I did bring out puppets every once in a while. I had some that I had made. And I spent one summer 
uh, with my roommate, uh, Chad Harris, and we would go around to, to day, daycare centers and we mm. would do a, like a, a water safety puppet show. And that was one of the things I did during the summer. Was uh, that something between, that you did so cool. uh, like volunteer or were you paid for that? I was paid for that. You got paid. So you were going pro. Yeah, going pro yeah. slowly. And then um, the way that I finally got to it and got to Sesame Street was right before I graduated, I made uh, a videotape for the Jim Henson company uh, of me doing puppetry stuff. And I sent it to them and they sent back a letter. Mm. Wow. A rejection letter. Oh. oh. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Thank you Pause very much. Pause one second before you continue. Yes. But you sent that tape. Yeah. You sent it. Like you, you made the, you, you tried. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful moment. Go ahead. Yeah, I sent this tape. So I, I, and I don't know what made me do it. I, I think I knew that I was going to be in New York. I don't, I'm a lifelong Jim Henson and Muppets fan. Mm-hmm. I was going to be there for our senior showcase. And I thought, well, I should make a video because who knows? Because who you know? knows? And I sent and this videotape. And yeah. And then they rejected me. Okay. And I thought, okay, well. I'm going to New York to be an actor anyway. That's fine. Mm. So we moved to New York. And on our way to move to New York, uh, my then girlfriend, now wife, Kelly. Shout out, Kelly. That's right. She saw saw in the backstage, there was a picture of Kermit the Frog. It said, do you measure up to be a Muppet? They were looking for somebody that was my height, my size, left-handed. So I answered the ad. Yes. And I said, uh, I called them and I said, I'm not, technically, I'm not moving to New York for another month. And they said, call us when you do. I was like, okay. Okay. We finally moved to New York. I answered that ad. I went to the audition. I met John Henson, Jim's youngest son. Wow. I met him. He, I was the last guy to audition that day. And he said, you want to go to lunch with me? And I <gasps> oh go, my gosh. Yes, I do want to go to lunch with you, John I Henson. I just got chills. I mean, I'd been in New York for maybe a month. I did not that long oh, at all. Matt Vogel. Mm. I went to lunch with John Henson. We talked. I probably told him that whole story that, yeah. I, that yes. I told you now. And then he said, um, do you want to come up to my house for New Year's Eve? And I said, uh, I uh, do. Uh, I, when, yeah, when, I do. When these like, do you want to go to lunch? Do you want to yeah. come to the house? Were you like, this feels like we're moving towards something? You're like, do yeah, I have I, a job? I, yeah, I mean, I hadn't, didn't have any job. I didn't <laughs> I have the job as far as I knew. Yeah. I just was like, I mean, how can you say no? I'm not going to say course. no to John Henson asking me if I wanted to come up for New Year's Eve. You know, he was, and he was such a great guy. He was really, really great. And um, from there, I made another tape and I sent it in. And this time, the person that had sent me the rejection letter sent me a, hey, we want to take another look at you ah. kind of letter. Uh, and they invited me to workshops to come in and do workshop, puppet workshops. And, nice. And, um, but they were also vibing you. I mean, any if you've yeah. made something, you, you now know. Not only they wanted to check and see if you had the technical skills, they were also assessing whether they wanted to see your face every day. Mm-hmm. Like, would you be a good member of the family? I think that is, that's definitely, some, now look, now being where I am now yeah, and mm-hmm. looking at the process yeah. and looking at how we do things, yeah. that is true. You do want to mm-hmm. have, I mean, I'm, I'm the puppet captain on Sesame Street, so it's part of my oh, responsibility. Oh, aren't you a big it's deal? It's a very <laughs> fancy word. I'm hoping to make it to Admiral. Uh, <laughs> but, they give you little Muppet yeah, epaulets made out be, of oh, fur. Oh, so awesome with oh, eyes on them. Fur epaulets. Oh, that'd be great. But, so, but now that is part of what we do, or it's part of what I do. When, when I'm told I need to you know, 
look for new puppeteers. Yes. I want to find somebody that fits into the group, that yeah. fits into our vibe, that yes. fits into who we are. and Because mm-hmm. uh, we're a very diverse group of people, but there's something about us. There's an openness, uh, an acceptance um, apart from being creative and funny and, mm-hmm. and all the things that you need yeah. to have. And yeah, all those technical something. skills, yes. all of those yeah. technical yeah. skills. All of it all wrapped up into. Form. I like it. It's tough to find those kind of people. I like it. Um, Let's take a pause real yeah, quick because I can sense my oh, son. Sure. Yes. What? Well, how do I get back to the puppets? That's yeah, right. We need. Oh, oh look, yes. Flynn, come here. That's a really great question. Come here. Yes. Get on the mic. And ask this question. Ask this. This is a good question. How did you get back on um, the Muppets when you shut them down? You mean how did I how did I bring the puppets out of the closet again? Yeah, that's a really that's a good question. A good Flynn. question, Flynn. Thank you for asking. Put on that. those cans. We call those yeah. cans. Good job. <laughs> my son doesn't know me or anything about me. I've Come not here. told him my life story <laughs> before. In case so that's a great question. So I didn't. I didn't take the puppets out of the closet for a very, very long time um, because I was scared. I was, I was, I didn't feel confident to, to do that. Yeah. I felt like there was another thing that I was supposed to do. And I was, and actually had a great time being an actor and doing that. I had a great time doing that. Um, and then somebody had heard somehow, I don't know, at college, they said, I heard you have puppets. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I guess I do. And they were like, can you bring him to the freshman uh, welcome orient- orientation? And I was really? like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And so I brought a couple of puppets to the oh. freshman orientation. <laughs> I was a sophomore. And that's kind of when I brought them back out. Can I tell you something? This just makes me think of a story from my own life. So I was also obsessed with puppets when I was little. And I had all the Muppet dreams. And I remember even saying to my former brother-in-law he was i remember riding around in the back of his car and he said what do you want to be when you grow up and i said i want to be a a puppeteer and he said you can't make any money doing that and it i was just like inside Mm. i didn't say anything but i was like (sighs) right uh (laughs) and then i was so i would take puppets to i remember going to like basketball games and other elementary school social events and I was so scared that I would take puppets puppets I had made puppets I had bought because I thought this is gonna kill this is going to rock everybody's socks guess what didn't rock anybody's socks <laughs> puppets me sitting at in the bleachers <laughs> at a basketball game fully as if I had a, a friend an extra oh I was yeah. making my I was making my own friends I know yeah, yeah. that yeah. were on your hands yeah that was, yeah I, I don't know. think I ever got the puppets back out though but Matt you did you I did. did was there enough time yeah. and space between the high school uh talent show episode that you were like okay I'll give this a spin I've been safe with my yeah. with my kindred yeah. people. Yes, and yeah. I feel safe. Uh, like and I can and, do it. and I went to a, a conservatory of of theater arts. I went to a, a, an yeah. acting school. Yeah, yeah. So I they're was already appreciate. Yeah, they're they're gonna get it and understand and and yeah. So I, and I kind of I feel that how do I even put this into words? It's it it's very difficult for me sometimes to just talk to people that aren't my <laughs> friends or, or the people that I work with or people that I'm yeah. comfortable yeah. with. I have to yeah. kind of put on uh, actor Matt to I be know. able to do Same. that. Same. That, yes. Why do you think I was sitting yes. in those bleachers with a puppet on my hand? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. But I, Same. I, I mean, yeah. and so, and I, you know, we have five kids, they have friends, their friends have parents. And it is difficult for me 
to just have a conversation with somebody because I feel so uh, foreign. I feel like I just, I, they're not going to get me or, and I don't know if that's residual from growing up and, right. and feeling that way and it's just been with me yeah. or if I'm just a, you know, you know. How do you feel ball. when you're, how do you feel when you're at work and you're rocking the puppet? How do you feel then? I feel totally confident. Do you feel free? Right. And I, I, you know, I, there are times when I feel like I'm an imposter. Sure. Because I can't believe that I am where I am. Right. And uh, I've worked very hard to get yeah. where I am. Yeah. Um, but there's something in me that I'm like, somebody's going to catch on. Well, it's still that voice of <laughs> like, you can't make me. money doing that yeah. or no one has this actual job. And now you're like, but I do have this job. Yeah. I never dreamed that I would be doing this. And now yeah. here I am doing it. And it is and probably always was my dream. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't know it yet. I didn't know it. So when you started going to workshops, obviously you were feeling, you were building these relationships and then you were at some point, you're in, you're on board at Sesame Street. Yes. And can you just quickly tell us all the various things you've done there, including your captaincy? Sure. The, sure, sure. With the hopefully your admiral seat. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> fingers fingers crossed. We'll see when the elections come around. <laughs> uh, so I, I think I had done... The Thanksgiving Day Parade, uh, every year we do, the Sesame Street does the Thanksgiving Day Parade, and we're a part of it, and uh, I think the very first year, uh, I was Bert, because not, you know, at that time it was Frank Oz that played Bert, uh, but he's not going to go do the he's parade, not doing he's that. somewhere right. doing, having right. Thanksgiving dinner with his family, yeah, so right. I was doing Bert, and uh, the, the guy that plays Telly, his name is Martin P. Robinson, he's... Uh, Marty Robinson. Martin Robinson, yep. yeah. Yep. He, was, he was playing Telly, his character, yeah. and I had never, I don't know that I'd ever met Marty before before this morning and we're in that he's float. so funny he's mm -hmm. very funny yeah. and and especially as telly who's one of my favorite sesame street <laughs> characters and i'm playing bert and you know it's it's you can pretty much yell whatever you want because the people down in the in, in the street <laughs> can't really hear you and telly is yelling i would say stuff like hi happy thanksgiving and telly would say who who's that you're not bert you're an imposter. This man's an imposter. Oh, I mean, my gosh. I mean, he was just messing with me. Yes. And it was hilarious. <laughs> oh, but that was my, chops. oh, yeah, he was, really. Oh, and that's gosh. But that's kind of what you do when the new guy comes <laughs> along. But shortly after that, I got a call from that same person mm -hmm. that had given me the rejection letter yeah. that had then accepted Okay. Me. And she said, can you do a big bird voice? Oh. I don't know. I Yes. <laughs> yes. Because I guess you're supposed to say of yes, course. right? Sure. So sidebar. Sometimes I just like to make Matt Vogel say inappropriate things as Muppets. We're not going to do it on mic. Probably shouldn't do it. How Side, could you tease sidebar, like that? Sidebar concluded. How can you tease? Counselor, you yeah. were saying. So uh, I got this audition. They said that Carol Spinney, who at the time was 64 years old mm. at the time. Yeah. Uh, and he was looking for somebody to kind of um, to train. Mm-hmm. And I met him, and I wasn't on Sesame Street yet. I was just a guy that was coming in and meeting him with four other guys that were on Sesame Street. Uh huh. And um, I came in and met him, and the person introduced me. Her name is Rache Renee Rochelle. She she introduced me to Carol, and she said, "Carol, this is Matt Vogel. Matt Vogel, this is Carol Spinney." And Carol Spinney went, "Your name, Vogel, means bird." This might be the job for you. Oh my God. And like that's before that the audition. Gets me. That story <laughs> and I was like, oh, gets me. oh, great. 
so I did the audition. Carol did pick me and, and he trained me for 20 some years. He was, you know, he's one of my mentors on Sesame Street. And throughout that time, uh, I would double for him or, or sub for him when he was playing Oscar mm-hmm. and Big Bird was in a scene with him. Mm-hmm. Or I would do live appearances that he was yeah. unable to attend. Um, throughout this whole time, that was 1996. Uh, Carol just retired officially for season 50, which was this year. Mm-hmm. So he was on that show for 50 years. Side Spark, there's a fantastic documentary that Matt, you actually appear yep. in. That's right. That yeah. chronicles his yes. creation of that character. It is. It's called I Am Big Bird. It's wonderful. It is really great. And it really is a love story between Carol and his wife, Debbie. It it's is amazing. Oh. When we saw, I saw it in a movie theater and I uh, openly was sobbing yeah. so loud that Flynn, it was... Uh, embarrassing for me and everybody else. It, it's a wonderful, <laughs> it's wonderful so great. film. It's yeah. really great, and um, and it it really shows you who he is, who Carol yeah. is, and who Debbie yeah. is. And his wife is yeah. wonderful. They treat me. They've always treated me like a son. They've mm-hmm. always been so generous and kind with with me. And so he was one of my mentors on Sesame Street. Another man named Jerry Nelson, who played the Count uh, on Sesame Street, he was another one of my mentors, and I would assist him as the count i was his right hand so literally his uh, right literally hand, his right man. hand. so yeah. if you think of like uh, the uh, cookie monster cookie monster there's a there's a dude that operates his head and the left hand is his real hand is inside the left hand so he can pick up cookies and eat them uh-huh. right uh-huh. and there's another performer yes. that's in the literal right hand using their live hand to shove cookies in Cookie Monster's mouth. Yeah. Well, I was doing that for the count for many years. And Jerry, uh, as he grew older, uh, wasn't able to hold his arm up above his head. So I would have to do that. And I mm. would have to sit on set live. Jerry would sit where you are, Laura. And uh-huh. he would he would have a mic on and I would have headphones <sighs> on like I have now. And he would live, he would deliver his lines live on set. And I would have to, we call it catching. I would have to catch the lines and perform them in a scene, like keeping the energy of whatever Jerry is giving or whatever's happening in the scene. What a collaboration. It was a really cool collaboration. And I was able to really, I could, I had him in my ears and I could really, I could hear his breath and I could hear him talk. And then I could, I was able to catch him. It was, it was amazing. amazing. It was a lot of fun. And so now he, he, he passed away several years ago, but I've now picked up that character yeah in, in his absence that must be you all are so you work so closely together literally embodying working together to embody a single character yes. mm-hmm. and i think when transitions like that happen like his passing that must be a really significant loss yeah. it is yeah it's, yeah. it's yeah. i mean he was he was a very good friend of mine and 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 i only knew him for a handful of years really you know from the 90s to when he passed away but i felt very close to him mm-hmm. and i know there were other people on set that have i mean on sesame street people are there and they stay there i mean yes, there's a cameraman that's been there since day one oh, and he's still wow. there yeah and when you you we do feel it is a significant loss because there's that he was so creative and jerry he had this amazing singing voice yes. and a wonderful character voice mm-hmm. and and the thing about jerry that he did that i should should mention one of the things that i always say when i'm talking about jerry is that he told me once he said uh matt you know being working with sesame street and the muppets is great it's fantastic it'll You'll be able to make money. You'll be able to educate children. It's all great. But you always need to have something that's yours. <gasps> that is your own. That is apart from this. That's 
And Jerry did that. Yeah. Jerry, ha- he was a part of a band. Uh, he Matt, made his own music. We always like to ask uh, our our conversation partners to give us just like some good creative advice. That is such good creative advice. It is. It really is. And that's and it's so true. I mean, you do, and that is the thing that now I pass along to and other you, performers. But you all and you live it. And I you do always it. have. You are always making things that are yours. I try anyway. I mean, uh, you know, there there are times when it's more successful. And yeah, sure, when sure, sure. It's not, but yeah, I do. Can you it's tell important. us a little about the the other things that you consider yours? Sure. Well, uh, I had a band. It's mm-hmm. not it's not really active anymore. Although I like to pretend that it sometimes is. I had a band that a couple of guys in in college and I after we had moved to New York, we kind of got together and we just would get together every week and we would rehearse in a in a music rehearsal room. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to play instrument or any, is that true? I, mean, I didn't know how to play anything. I didn't know no, that. I didn't know how to play the bass. I was the default bass player <laughs> in the Mighty Weaklings, our band, <laughs> and, because I was the singer, but uh, but no one else wanted to play the bass, so I had to I learn. Guess I'll learn that. Yeah. And, um, and I have had, I mean, we did, we, we played out in New York city for, uh, years, you know, music just, just every once in a while. Oh, and fun video. fact, mm-hmm. fun fact, the mighty weaklings actually perform the theme song to side by side by Susan Blackwell. That is correct. Now in its 10th year on yes. Broadway.com. Yes. That's the mighty weaklings. Yeah. That's, that's the mighty weaklings. That's and so uh, that is one of the creative outlets I'd say that I have that is writing music and, and it has helped me in times of not just, uh, in times of, um, it's helped me in not only great times, like just being with friends, but it's also been of, uh, it's kind of healed me a yeah. little bit. Mm. Uh, my dad passed away in, uh, five years ago and, um, it took, a, it's hard to process that losing yeah. a parent is, is a thing that we it all is. will go through and it is, you just don't know how you're going to react to it. That's right. Until you don't know what it's like until you've you're experienced it. And about uh, maybe a year after that, I just started writing something like music. I just started writing this song. I didn't know what it was going to be. And I just kind of kept working on it and I just kept writing it and I kept adding to it. And then it became like two ideas. And then I think there was a third idea. And then it became like this little, this little record of three, three songs that I had made. And they were all just different ideas that reminded me of my dad. One was about my dad literally talking and, and it's his voice. It's an interview that I did with my dad and I just set music to it. And it just to hear his voice and to hear Mm -hmm. his laugh or to hear him talk in this way uh, was, is healing to me. And then the other song is about uh, his illness and, and saying that he was going to be there. He would be there. He would try to make it past the fall, but Mm -hmm. he didn't. And that's what that song was kind mm. of about. And then the third song is kind of this, I don't know what it's called. It's called the, it's, it's, um, it's called the engineer is gone. And it's, it's just this, my dad loved model trains. And so I just had this vision in my head of the people on the model trains, uh, not having the engineer uh, to put them around uh, the track, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Uh, I don't, so I think that's sort it's a of, song written from the point of view of the little people on the model train. Kind of. I mean, not explicitly. And but I think kind of. I am the person on the train, yeah. really. Yeah. My yeah. family, that my brother and I, we are the guys uh, on the train. Uh, do, do you feel like making those things, did that help you process the passing of your father and, and grieve it? And, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think it did. 
but I, but it, and I wasn't setting out to do it. It yeah. just kind of was one of those That's things that came happened, out. Yeah. and I just it became these things. We talk about the um, the idea of creating. Sometimes we are creating for other people, and sometimes we're creating for ourselves. Did you have any idea? going into that process of like where it was going to go or just like, I'm fine if I'm the only person who ever hears these songs. Yeah. And I probably am one of the only people that's ever yeah. heard it anyway. I mean, I put it out there just yeah. to be like, this like, is I've a thing those, that I've done. I've heard them. Yes. I think, yes. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. you talking about that with yeah. me once, but it is something that I put out there and yeah. I, and I would, I don't know that that was ever my intention, mm-hmm. but I was, I felt the need to share that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and because express it. Because it was it something about my relationship with my dad, I guess. I, yeah. don't, I don't know what it is exactly, but I but I felt compelled to do that. Had I not done that, that would have been fine too. Mm-hmm. But something compelled me to finish it and, and mm-hmm. get it out there. It taps mm-hmm. into one of the reasons I really wanted you to be on the Spark File because I feel like you are a person who just lives and breathes creativity. You're just sort of endlessly living and breathing it in all different sorts of ways, shapes and forms. And I find that, I find that super inspiring. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, and I would say though, I have, I feel like I work best in collaboration in, with mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't, I'm usually mm-hmm. not the person that comes up with that, I, that initial idea, or if I am, I need somebody to bounce it off of and, mm-hmm. and to help flesh it out. That being said, those songs were literally just me. Yeah. That, but that's a rare thing for me. I feel like I, I feel like yes, I, I'm creative, but I feel like I need the. We call input. that you need to have your sponge pressed. Kevin mm-hmm. Creel is this metaphor yeah. where, from the outside, you you might just look like a, a dry sort of sponge, but if another person comes over and just presses your sponge, all this sort of creative goodness comes yeah. out of it. You just need to have your sponge pressed, honey. Yeah. That's all. I like that. <laughs> Do you? I do. I'm thinking about it. I want to like it. <laughs> Sleep on it. Yeah, all right. I, I want yeah. to like that. I want to like it. That's my new like response that. when I see something and I'm like, Ugh. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to like, like that. <laughs> I really um, wanted to. Mattress, is there a creative thing that you know you need to do before you're done? Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> Unexpected I don't answer. No, no. Yeah. You know. That's a really interesting thought that I don't know that I've ever had before. I mean, I'm so fortunate that I get to do all the things yeah. that I get to do. Yeah. And and I do consider myself an actor. I still consider myself an mm-hmm. actor. I'm just an actor from yeah. uh, as my the elbow up. Yeah, my colleague <laughs> Peter Lynn says I'm an, you're, we're actors from the elbow up. And uh, and I've gotten to do some really like for what I do, some pretty deep acting yeah, challenges yeah. and sure. um I don't know. we I'm also sure. sort of listed the number of of um aspects of creativity that your puppeteering work has afforded you so far and this is what we know of um you are a scripted performer an improviser a writer a musician a director all within the capacity of your work at Sesame Street. Yeah. And so I wonder if that's part of this like fulfillment that you feel like that you do get to play with lots of sides of your creative brain. I do, yes. Sesame has has been very generous to let me direct episodes and and I'm that I'm the puppet captain for them, so I kind of help spearhead their talent 
the growth of their talent and then mm-hmm. maintaining the current yeah. talent. And I do feel fulfilled in a lot of those different ways. I'd love to create a show. Mm. I would love to create a show. Uh, this is what I'm talking about. TV show? Yes, I would love to create a show for the Muppets. Okay. Uh, because I think that's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to create a show that's not for Muppets, but maybe um, it just has some sort of, uh, not necessarily, uh, maybe some sort of kid-friendly mm-hmm. educational aspect to it. I mm-hmm. think that would be great. Um, you know. These are good. Yeah. I'd like to do those things. Do you crave um, any more band work, some live stage performances of any kind? Maybe not with the band. I love seeing the, the my bandmates when I can. Yeah. Um, but uh, to get out there and do ba- like a band thing is a lot of, that's yeah. a lot of work. It's a lot. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and, You've got five but, kids. You know, I yeah. don't have the time. Yeah. People. No, but I, but I love to create, I'm trying to create new music when the mood hits me mm-hmm. and I just try to, I just try to do things when it I feel like you're keeping me. up with yourself in real time creatively, which I think is great. <laughs> it's yeah. great. I, I think I am. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you did create those shows that are sort of, Somewhere floating around. I'm working yeah. on one or two of them. Okay. But, you know, who knows? Who knows what, who knows? what happens? Yeah. Who knows? One of the things we're obsessed with on this podcast and in our lives, I think, are is really how people process a perceived failure. We talked about the one in, you know, the talent show and the boo. But um, since that time, have you faced any sort of challenges or failures things you perceive to be a failure and how did you process it i'm always aware that anything i'm doing with the muppets or sesame street is being seen under a microscope Mm -hmm. got it at Mm -hmm. the beginning of me doing this like only two years ago i thought oh i'm a failure right but then i realized my job is to try to recreate a version of Kermit that I was instructed to recreate. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to do, whether I fail or whether I succeed. That is my goal. I desperately yeah. Yeah. want to be uh, approved of and liked. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I cannot let that be the reason why I'm doing what I do. Right. That's we're, not the reason. We're just right. talking about this. What is the measuring stick for success or failure and who do you let hold it? Who do you let manage it? Are you who defining it? it? Is yeah. are your colleagues and your peers at Sesame holding it? Yeah, I think that there's a lot of it in with my colleagues because some of them have been doing it for longer than I've been alive and some of them have been mm-hmm. doing it for and and I trust mm-hmm. them and they're good friends of mine and yeah. they they knew Jim Henson yeah. and they you know like they have been in it for a long time right. and then others are my age and they are my peers and they are my colleagues as well and I trust them because they are amazing performers and so when something goes right or I feel like something goes right and we you know yeah. we all kind of have that little celebration of it I know that it's, it's good I yeah. know mm-hmm. that it's good. I feel confident. Those are that. good mm-hmm. measuring stick holders. I That's think so. Right. I mean, Keepers less me. Le- I think it's yeah. less me going like, "That's because I'm, I'm never going to be satisfied with what I do. Yeah. I will always, unless I just go, you tell me, if you want me to do it again, I'll do it again. If you don't want me to do it again, I'm good. We're going to move on because you, I will circle around in so this So you entrust the measuring stick to people who are in the arena, who are doing the work, who you love and love you. Mostly, yes. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Good. Yeah. I, love I have to trust them. You know, I have to kind of give, and that's that's what happens. Whether it's yes. our whether it's the Muppet Rider, whether it is, uh, you know, the cameraman on Sesame Street, whether it's the guy, you know, that's yeah. playing Grover next right. to me. You I all have are to, so you are working in such tight collaboration with each other. Yeah, you would have to, and they're all qualified opinions. They're all people who have your best interest and the interest of the show at heart. So I can imagine that compassionate, constructive criticism is what they would offer like they there's well, no good in no. breaking <laughs> and then there's marty robinson <laughs> and, then <there's> like, <laughs> and then there's marty busting your imposter <laughs> yeah you know the thing that i try to take with me that i learned a long time ago was hearing about how jim henson would work and there are many uh instance of uh, instances of jim saying uh jim always operated in, as the best idea wins mm-hmm they were all in service of the best idea. Didn't matter who it came from. Mm-hmm. If it came from one of the other performers or the director or the cameraman or the janitor, mm-hmm. it did not matter. Janitor Pete's got yeah. some great yeah. ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And Jim would listen to the idea. The janitor is also a Muppet. Just <laughs> picture right. it. Yes. Which yeah. is okay. Picture Because anyone can have that <laughs> idea. idea. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's, and they would take that idea. And if it was good enough, then they would go with it. Yeah. I mean, they would, we, they would use it in something. I'm going to jump to this. Matt. Do it. What's it all for? As Kermit the Frog said, to make millions of people happy. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to bust into tears in your basement. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I and, think it is. I, I mean, I think that's why I enjoy doing this. To make, I yeah. enjoy doing this because I know that it makes people happy. Mm. I get but, seen no, it. But hold on a second. It makes millions of people millions happy. Millions of people happy. Yeah, that part, I kind of like... Wrap your mind around it. <laughs> no, I yes, it <laughs> Listen, big boy, I millions I but of you, people it is. happy. And we go out in the real world and we see people. We spent the whole summer going out to different uh, cities across America. And we were meeting people that would come up to us and say, Oh, you taught me how to read. Yeah. Or, oh, oh, you taught me my numbers. Gosh. Or you taught me how to be kind. Yes. Um, Yes. And and that's when you really makes, know that you're making to, an impact when somebody it, says something. Hearing you like say that. that makes me so proud of you. I'm proud. Of, I was proud yes. of you before, but it get, I got a little extra swell of pride. <laughs> it makes me really love like your guiding principle actually came from like in the words of the character you play. It's so it's like having an alignment of goals in a way yeah. and the, the mantra. And I mean, that's so Sesame Street that it yeah. is all so clear. It's all. Yeah together um can you share something what or who is sparking you these days sparking me these days anything that um a book you read a movie you saw um an Mm. idea conversation with your wife Mm -hmm. bouncing around flynn Mm -hmm. (laughs) flynn is a is a a constant source of joy (laughs) and pride he really is he's such a little goofball yeah he's the best um Anything really exciting? Because some you? things I can't talk about yet. That's right. So, that, I so I'm like That's trying right. to figure out like what I can, because there is a there yeah. is this thing that I can't literally can't talk about, but it is something that yeah, something you're working on. Yes. Yeah. And it's real. I can see by the look on your face, it's really exciting. Uh-huh. You. Yes. And it keeps coming to the forefront. And, yes. You, you, we yeah. don't have to name it, and you don't even yeah. have to describe it. Okay. You will I'm not, not going to. Don't violate your non-disclosure I agreement. Well, it's right. my it's my own non-disclosure. <laughs> but or did you originate yeah. this? No, someone I heard Another of that I've met before had. had this idea and we've been talking about it and we've been developing how, how it. How long have you been? Yeah. Uh, oh, for since 2017, 
Awesome. And, awesome. And every time we talk about it, we expand on it and it becomes <sighs> this, it's a super cool, fun thing. And we yep. just keep talking about it. And then when we talk to somebody about it, like when we're off the air, I'm going to talk yeah. to you about it in a minute. And then maybe you'll be like, eh, or maybe you'll be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it's, Infectious, almost. That is, oh, I can see yes. it. Okay, great. Yeah, it is an infectious, an spark. unnamed spark. Yeah, so who I knows? love it. We'll see. One day we'll know, and we'll come I back and so. I really do. I remember so. that yes. day in the basement. We will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, man, thank you so much. Well, thank you for you being gentle with me. And oh. Thanks for inviting us into your home yes. and, and letting us get up into your business. <laughs> um, that's it. I hope that this put another bunch of sparks in your file. Listen, if there's a spark you'd like us to explore, or if you've taken a spark and you've fanned it into a creative flame, Matt Vogel, yes. and you'd like to share that, why don't you email us at thesparkfile at gmail.com or submit it through our website, thesparkfile.com. We'll even take your feedback, but you know the price of admission. First, you got to share a creative risk that you've taken recently. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, rate, five-star review it. If you like this podcast, share it with people you love. If you didn't like it, go listen to S-Town. That podcast will blow your mind. And if you don't like that, we cannot help you. Go watch a rerun of Lawrence Welk. If something tickled your fancy today and got your creative juices flowing, we're writing you a forever permission slip to make that thing that's been knocking at your door. It's your turn to take a spark and fan it into a flame. You got to puppeteer it. You got to Shakespeare it. You got to do a magic act and full on disappear it. You got to take it and and make make it. Bye, man. Thanks, bye, man. You were talking to me that whole time, right? That's right. It was all for you. Directly to you. Subscribe. When I bump into something that inspires me, I dump it in my spark files. Could be something that I want to make or how I want to be. I pump it in my spark files. I jump into my spark files. Let's open up the spark files.